0: Hi, this is Jen Schwartz. Welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit, Effective Thinking for Potent Exercise. Welcome to another episode of Lab of Us on Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. My name's Jen Schwartz. I'm coming to you from Alexandria, Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., In my muscle activation technique studio, right outside of me, is a small training gym that I also train athletes and some of my clients that are coming back from chronic injury. I also have a special guest, and she's gorgeous. She's awesome. Her name's Katie Wiggs. Is that you still going by Wiggs?
1: Uh, At least for another week or two. It'll (laughs) eventually be Katie Edwards.
0: Yeah. Um, she's coming to us from Indianapolis, and I met Katie in the Muscle Activation Techniques RX special <laughs> RX education program. But we have a lot of co- like coinciding friends and colleagues that I don't know. I feel like when I meet people in the MAT program, I, I know them. I, I can, I can, we can get on board with each other really quickly, you know? Um, and so, yeah, we met in just about, you know, three classes of go- ago. And we're going to follow up on the conversations that I had with myself on the podcast about warming up. And I really want my listeners to get another side, uh, get another Feel for what's important in a warm up, and what's important uh, in the time and the thoughts that you're putting into it. So, um, yeah, that's what she's here for. What? Uh, uh, what can you tell the listeners about yourself?
1: Um, so, like I said, I'm from Indianapolis, and my background has always been the personal training side and physical therapy component of uh things. And so when we did MAT, I, I totally agree with you. It's like you already have an insight to just about anybody in that room and you know a little bit into their brain. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's super fun. But I kind of work here with the community and uh total wellness when it comes to their fitness levels. So our motto is be your own superhero and what that means to do mentally through your nourishment and then through the MAT world and you know having your total body function to the optimal standards. So
0: it's yeah. been a lot
1: of fun here.
0: <laughs> um what what would you say um if you could characterize like your typical client? Where are they coming from? Um and what are you adding how are you adding value? to their superhero lifestyle.
1: (laughs) Excellent, right? (laughs) Um, So I, you know, it's so fun. I seem to range from young athletes to the um, older generation. So, you know, my people who come in have ambitions to just get something done. So that could be from, uh, you know, they're joining a boot camp and they're wanting to do Spartan obstacle course races. Mm-hmm. And so we're preparing them for these very, um, uh, you know, exerted, uh, things that they have to do in those races to 80 to 90 year olds who just want to go on riverboat tours and make sure that they can walk around the city of Venice or, mm-hmm. uh, and just be able to like live life to the fullest. So, you know, there is a big component of that that's being able to actually move around.
0: Mm-hmm. What about what about you and your gorgeous dogs? What me do you my,
1: yeah, <laughs> well, they're my they're my hiking buddies. So gotcha. for me, it's like you know, making sure that I'm in good enough shape that I can control them because they're massive, um, which has been a lot of fun, and just honestly traveling all of the us and they're my little guide dogs my protectors so <laughs>
0: uh-huh. uh what about your fitness like what do you what are you working on now and
1: absolutely uh, maybe so, even
0: a little bit about your journey your fitness yeah. journey
1: well I actually like this is it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a sad story I guess to some degree my my dad's always been since I can remember, but there was this one day in particular, and I won't even be able to tell you exactly the cause, but he had some sort of liquid on the brain. And I came home from school and he had fallen in the bathtub and I was not strong enough to help him out. And I don't know why it sits in my head that way. But from that point on, I was like, I have to be able to to help people when they need help. Like it was just ingrained in me from that moment on, like I'm going to be the person when nobody else is strong enough to do something that I can take care of it. And from that point on, like I think my first job was at a Cardinal fitness or not even around anymore. Like mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, and I just built from there and then, you know, seeing people who wanted to be active and then just were physically unable to I progressed through things, I was like, yep, that's my calling. That's where my heart is. And and so me personally, mine is just being as fit and strong as I can. I love being strong. And I personally love my obstacle course races. Uh, uh, Nice. Yes. Uh, Two years ago, I finished two ultras uh, with those and they were killer. And I just love anything that really challenges me. So super. Mm.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, my story is, is not that different, I would say, you know, I became, I want to say completely fascinated with the nervous system and movement. One, because of the rehab I'd gone through with several knee injuries. And then um, before that, it was already planted. My mother had a neurological disease that really, you know, it took her life. It took her dignity. It took her, it took everything. Um, learned a lot of extremely valuable lessons through that. Uh, and it's in hindsight been a very big influence on my adult life of of how could it not be? Uh, I lost my mom at 20 and, Uh, but you know, having seen her lose ability of the nervous system got, I mean, when I was able to work in with muscle activation techniques and see that I could interface with the, with the muscles in the nervous system and get feedback and help people move better and help myself move better and feel better and be stronger. I, you can say like, I got quite fascinated. I mean. when people call me a, you know, a passionate, uh, practitioner, they're just being nice. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a, I border, you know, um, workaholic and all that stuff, but I'm, I'm passionate. Um, so
1: it's it's a nice way of them calling us crazy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, and that's okay. Like I, you know, I, I don't, I don't need their, uh, approval. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into uh, warming up. The things that I presented on the Instagram and the Foss book and my previous podcast episodes were the three ideas, um, really four ideas for plugging into your warm-up and one was that it probably isn't totally necessary all the time absolutely all the time especially if you're doing a progressive load meaning uh your start and finish are very clearly mapped out with your weights and your load whatever those may be and then i have my pre-gaming idea where you make a physical transition to work up to game speed whether that be a spin class or an actual game or a sport or a race that you pregame. And naturally, that's a great term because right, all right. millennials know what pregaming is. <laughs> um, and then movement pathways are the exercises that I would call therapeutic that stimulate the nervous system to make sure that someone who has an injury can narrow in and focus on their weak points and stimulate before they work out. So I I personally do that all the time with my knees, not all the time, most of the time with my knees, especially um, we'll get into that later. And then the other concept is uh, called priming, which is a, a a group of techniques that can make your body more adaptable, that can make the body more, even more sensitive to exercise and bringing in more strength, explosiveness, flexibility. And that had its own podcast. <laughs> so uh, what, what, how do you explain warming up to people? Let's say, that, and say for, you know, like two different populations, like your injured <laughs> folks, who still need to work out because we all have to move mm-hmm. uh and then maybe even for yourself, for your you know racing hobby right and, or you know, <clears throat> yeah, someone else yeah, Not me who cares about i'm done I'm done talking about me <laughs> <laughs> no no,
1: that's awesome so i I love some of the terminology you use for your like your warm ups and everything, so I would have to say like for me or for what I like to go through for my high endurance athletes or my gym rats, because I (laughs) guess I also classify in that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: But, you know, the first thing that I always say, and I think we especially in the gym get away from is everybody has headphones in. And Mm. um, while music is a really good Uh, motivator. It's also very much a distraction Mm
0: -hmm. when
1: some of the activities really need to be more mindful. So I always like number one, start with every client I have like, Hey, before you put your music in, figure out your right mental headspace of what you're doing. Don't just go through the motions of things. So, you know, taking that time to just sit and be like, okay, our goal for today is this and we need to be thinking about X, Y, and Z. So kind of like a mental prep. Mm -hmm. And again, that goes for me, that goes for my person who is just happy to get out of bed in the morning and everything. So that's absolutely my first part. But then kind of going along with like the progressive load
0: Mm -hmm. is,
1: you know, for my athletes, depending on if it's a weight base or cardio base is pretty similar. It's, you know, take your activity. So for me, if it's running, it's all right, we're going to sit and just walk for a while. Mm -hmm. We're going to walk. And that's usually when I get my mental headspace in and say, all right, this is our goal. And then we speed up progressively until we kind of hit where we want to be at the end of the day.
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
1: same, Same goes with, you know, your weight loading and making sure that you are going into micro progressions through load or even time-based. So that's one thing that I do. And then finally with, you know, getting into some more injured people, um, or individuals is, you know, I think you called it movement pathways and I call it our active movements of, you know, finding our limitations and working through it isometrically before we work through heavy loads of concentric movement. Mm -hmm. Just saying like, all right, let's, hold a position for a while before we get into saying 70% load or wherever we're trying to attain for that day. So, um, I usually start with, you know, small repetitions of isometrics and body weight before moving into, um, anything else. So I, I feel like we're like kind of on point with some of this and trying not to overlap too far, but it really is like just the even adding those, you know, whether it's the cycling in or if it's just the walking in and the progression to active achievement or if it is this isometric base into the weight achievement, guiding yourself into your proper mechanics. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think one. Uh. I, one thing that I'm curious about when it comes to, Giving people these movement pathways and getting them to uh, focus on a weak point before they take a little bit of risk in their exercise is, uh, you know, I guess the curiosity is, am I making them maladaptive in a body awareness sense? Like bringing attention to a weakness could make them weaker. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, how do we talk to ourselves and like, m- you know, say, okay, I have injured this part of my body before? Mm-hmm. How and how do I, you know, like mentally move past that in the warm-up? And then how do I I guess continue keep a a positive outlook? during my workout even though you know i'm working out on this knee that's been surgically repaired twice right um, right you know it's like from your experience like more of an in the coaching realm of it like do you have any thing to offer
1: you know it, i think that's probably one of the hardest things to overcome with most individuals like even if it's just you're just getting up from the couch to go try to do a workout mm-hmm. of any kind after an injury. And, you know, I I kind of live by a personal motto that mm-hmm. your body holds all the rules. And if you listen well enough, it'll tell you exactly how things are kind of going in your body. And um, so getting over that, I think part of it is during your warm-up, again, just you know, really focusing in on like, okay, not just physically, but for the day, like, am I warming up right now? I'm doing these isometrics. I'm kind of going at it Mm half-hearted and I've been super stressed out all day and I have been just pounding metal all day and I've already did like so much activity. Like you're probably not going to be in the good place to really be pushing yourself on an injured area. And so I think when I coach my people around it, it's, you know, taking the time to say, all right, today would not be a good day to really push weight as far mm-hmm. as increasing it. It's, you know, I got to listen to my body. And then those days that you feel like you're rock solid and you know that, like, yes, this is the day I can do it, maybe taking the extra time on your warm up to, not draw attention to it, mm-hmm. but maybe mentally feel like um, you're putting yourself in the best position. Like when I coach on these uh, movement pathways, I coach on, you know, if even if you gain nothing from it, you are bringing a mental attention to it, which just means that you're more aware of how it's moving and just kind of coaching it more on the positive of that it's like actually going to help you because you're paying attention versus you not paying attention and then something happens to where injury occurs so mm-hmm.
0: yeah um do you ever tell them stories about like the savage races and like hanging on by a chair a yes. <laughs> and see, yes. I almost I almost like Went to the bathroom and puked at the same time, and then yes. You're like you, got any, you know, you got so, any wisdom there?
1: Yeah, it's so funny because um, so the first one I did, it was I think thirty-five miles with the obstacles in it, and
0: thirty-five miles. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so we're getting ready to go, and we have a team, and it's in Hawaii, so it's beautiful and it's dark.
0: Okay. Anyway
1: walking up to the starting line, I get my ankle caught in a cow grate and I twist it. Oh my. And so I'm like, you know, you sit there and you're like mentally like, all right, I just paid a buttload of money to do this. I'm going to obviously do it. My team's counting on me. And, you know, so like there is this point of like, probably wasn't the most optimal thing to run Mm -hmm. on a bum ankle. But, you know, I sat there and I was like, I know what I can do to reinforce some positive strength and attention there. So I did what I could. And then during the run, it was just saying like, you know, my body works in a good way that it's going to protect it. It might hurt tomorrow and Mm -hmm. I might have to take some time off of this. And I think that time off is, like, the biggest part of any recovery and actual progression in the gym or on a field or anywhere.
0: Yes, rest is so important. It
1: is. It's, like, one of the biggest things I tell people. Like, if you're doing something every single day, you're never going to get where you want to go. And Mm -hmm. you will inevitably hurt yourself. Um, But, I mean, that's the thing is, like, if you do the outside work well enough, By the time you get to the point of pushing past that limit, your body, it's ready for you. Like we kind of have to like trust in the fact that your body will compensate to protect what needs to happen so that during recovery you can come back and, you know, strengthen the areas of limitation.
0: Yeah. I think there's a level of absolute fitness that gets your body to recover. Like this isn't. You know, new human stuff, like women have three babies at a time, and they recover, like it's you know right like
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: um, yeah, I mean, so you know, in a way that we're kind of built for uh a little i don't want to use the word that I don't want use that word uh we're we're built for beating ourselves up a little bit and recovering I mean, I would say it's so i mean, and I would think some endurance athletes. Athletes in general would say they are better people for pushing themselves through some type of pain or injury um, and that it even uh, it could elevate, you know, the way that they, what is it, see their physical world. Like they can get, they can do more because they achieve this one thing and they like fitness box or in their racing or their athletic box.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, and I tell people a lot because I, I think people kind of get scared of injury, period. And mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if you've had this the same experience, but I have the experience of like, I have people pushing themselves to the limit and maybe a freak accident happens and they get hurt. But it's truly that it's, it's something out of the ordinary happens. But then on the same hand, I have people who are very, um, Mm non-active or kind of complacent where they are. And, you know, they'll call up and be like, Katie, I reached back to grab a suitcase and I tore my rotator cuff. Mm -hmm. And so it is kind of interesting, like the level of where you are sets the level that you can handle. And so, when you're able to push yourself, like your body endures more because it it's physically prepared too. So, it, again, all done in appropriate nature.
0: Yeah, I think that it's a that's a good transition to like this other type of warming up, which is pre gaming, and in I guess the strength and conditioning literature they call it a dynamic warm up, mm-hmm. which. Personally, I don't like because they still use the term dynamic stretching, which makes zero sense to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, because, you know, it's supposed to be the the opposite of static stretching. Is this dynamic stretching? But you're not stretching and I mean, you're not. It just doesn't make any sense. So I think pre-gaming and working up to game speed is a really great way to, you know, uh describe this with words without showing someone. Mm-hmm. Um and when I coach athletes, I think that pre-gaming ritual, the warm-up is more of a mental mm-hmm. assistant or a mental game, I don't know, a mental I guess, helper than it is physical because it's, it's more about the work that you do two months prior and the meals that you ate one or two weeks prior that will determine your outcome on top of the mentality, you know, the, the stuff that you just talked about, which was you, your, you gave your body and your mind um, and your muscles and your nervous system some context Like, Hey, I have been injured before I, Hey, I have gotten over this, um, before, you know, can I do it again? Yeah. I'm going to put the, I'm going to vote for myself and say, yes, I can. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I think that's interesting. What, um, what type of, uh, warming up do you do before a run? I'm not a runner. Uh, I'm more (laughs) of like a, I do, I do sprints and, that's because running long distance feels terrible on my body. Um, and I just played, I've played enough soccer to check that off for now. Um, <laughs> it's just not, in, yeah, it's just not in my goals. So yeah. I'm sure I know so, so many of the people listening are uh, more endurance based uh, and running. So what's your pregame run routine?
1: Yeah, so I will start out, um, and I, so I have limitations through spinal extension. I had a previous uh, neck injury from Mm -hmm. a car accident and running can be somewhat hard on that. So usually I will start just by doing minimal back extensions, kind of working through, um, the actual range of extension and flexion through my spine because yeah. that up, takes down. so much of it yes. side to side. <laughs> yeah, so just kind of like that nice little movement that's like saying, hey guys, like wake up, we're about to go do something. Like
0: a cat like a cow? Yeah, a yeah.
1: cat cow or even just like... I'll sit kind of on a bench and just sit there and like squeeze your shoulders and arch the back and really feel where your full extension is. And just kind of, I always laugh. I'm like, okay, can I feel this muscle working? All right. That feels good. All right. And I'm here. And just maybe like a mental recognition of where my body is or like, ah, my shoulder's a little tight. Maybe I should slow my pace down and Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of a mental check of where I am for that. And then, I mean, provided I'm not doing any lift that day, I will start. And I always start with walking, kind of getting my gait set. Mm -hmm. And then I just slowly progress. And so my progressions go from a slow walk, uh, zero incline, and then I kind of bump up the incline a little bit before Mm -hmm. the pace. And that is purely for, well, my personal comfort. And, you know, when you start picking up the speed, if you're not warmed up effectively, you're just going to – I could get into a book about what goes wrong. In that. So, <laughs> so sometimes it's one way to, like, continue to elevate your heart rate but not necessarily push, you know, your leg movement when you're not prepared for it it's just by, like, increasing the incline on it for mm-hmm. a little bit. So I will do that until I get past, um, what I like to call my mental block, which is that like first five minutes of when you're running and you're like, this is the worst decision ever. <laughs> Why do I, keep running?
0: Like, is- I, yeah, maybe I just don't make it five minutes <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, this is the worst decision I've ever made. Yep. This is it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but you always have it. Like, I don't care how long you've been running or how much you run. Like that first three to five minutes, you're like, um, I need to change my life goals because this is <laughs> terrible, um, but it kind of goes like with what you were saying of like more of the mental aspect of like no, I'm prepared for this. I found my groove, and now it's just progressing and going through it, so that's normally my my go through, and mm-hmm. then um, I kind of do a post warm up like mm-hmm. when I'm all done, mm-hmm. I kind of take it the same way back down mm-hmm. and do just the reverse of that. So,
0: okay. That's interesting. Um, is that, is that something that you, um, I guess designed yourself or did you hear that or read that somewhere?
1: Uh, you know, I think it, it just happened to be like, what makes me feel best. Like if I were to like, go all out, uh, pedal to the metal and then stop the next day, I just kind of felt a little beat up and, I was, you know, uh, I was like, yeah, I expect that a little bit. It was a recovery day. That's fine. But if I took the time to gradually decrease and slow my heart rate down and kind of go back to that normal, this is what you're going to do the rest of the day and tomorrow, and then kind of go back to that. And I call it a mental check, but it's really that movement pathway of just, all right, my extension's still good. My Shoulders tight, so I'm gonna do a couple of holds here. I just found that my recovery was light years faster.
0: That's interesting, yeah, yeah, and warm down, not a cool down. Cool down is kind of a funny word, um, also <laughs> in the dynamic stretch category for me. You're like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, that doesn't match the physiology of it doesn't yeah (laughs) (laughs)
1: um
0: okay cool i love that i do um i'm gonna start yeah i i I, i've got some places and suggestions to even you know give that to people right away awesome um and then we've got progressive loading that's Mm uh i mean The one note that I did not, that I wanted to add from the podcast that I did whenever uh, it came out July 4th was that the fitter you are, the more this becomes your warm-up. You know what I mean? Like the smarter, Mm -hmm. almost like the smarter your fitness, like the more you focus on progressive loading, or I guess in the, in the strength and conditioning world, they call it progressive overload or bodybuilding. They call it progressive overload. I like progressive loading because overload, um, I try to convince people not to go over or hit the red line. I think, um, too much if they're not, you know, training for a very specific event or a military test or something like that. Um, So these are the notes that I wrote down that I wanted to share to listeners. So just even give them a list of what a progressive load is. So I was thinking like, I'm going to just go through this and then give you a chance to just add more to it because you've got a great brain, my friend. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, And okay. So progressive loading, it's, you start with perfect technical form in whatever exercise you're going to do and you add in a couple seconds on each end of that motion at the end, the middle and the beginning to almost make it a positional strength training exercise. Mm-hmm. Um so creating an isometric scenario but not like the a full maximal contraction, very light in the positions that you're about to do. So if we were going to do a chest press, I would start at the bottom, hold it, go to the middle, hold it, go forward, hold it, and feel my scapular rhythm going back and forth, which is a big term for most people that don't even understand what a scapula is. So What that means is the scapula moving back and forth, or the shoulder blades moving back and forth on the ribs um, to give your arms more room to grab things and push things. (laughs) And then the second, so start with perfect form, add an isometric component, um, and then I would load the isometric component in the hardest position of the exercise. So in a bench press or incline press or any type of press that would be the bottom so you push from the bottom that's why machines can be really great because you can just set the machine and just do a push on the bottom part of it where you're the weakest and the third this is where i think you can differentiate between a beginner and an advanced exerciser or lifter so the beginner should just be doing full range of motion, little weight, and making sure if they're doing bilateral, mo- bilateral motion, that each arm is moving about the same tempo and about the same amount of motion. So uh, defining a safe zone is what I would call that before really adding on more load. And then for the advanced uh, lifter, That's where they can get into some priming and doing some uh, post-activation potentiation and eliciting different muscular contractions. So isometric, concentric, eccentric. And then, and if you don't know what those words are, you're back at beginner. That's what I would say. Um, (laughs) And then the fourth element of progressive loading is adding variations. And this is where RTS and Tom Purvis come in because you've got intention, you've got tempo, you've got you just, for those of you that can't see this, I don't know if anybody's going to see our, our visual here. She just fist pumped. <laughs> what was <that? laughs> I didn't even know you could see that.
1: <laughs> That's
0: good. Oh no. The, the video is recording too. Um, <laughs> So add variations, and I think that's where the the thinking, like the creativity, can come in. So you can do an a a press motion, and there are we could literally spend I think an hour talking about the variations on a chest press. I don't know if anybody wants to listen to it, but I I I got someone here (laughs) that said they would. But he's he's got a master's degree in kinesiology, so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and he's a year he's also a lifelong student so um I, yeah but i i think you could talk about different variations on one exercise for an hour i do mm-hmm. um and so what yeah what you, what can you add to those four steps
1: well i mean i fist pump when you were talking about purvis because <laughs> i mean this is my personal bread and butter mm-hmm. that I like to deal with, um, mm-hmm. with my own clients. And I will say this is if you are ready for it. Um, and if you are past the beginner phase, mm-hmm. right. Um, but I love working with this, these variations of, um, where the moment arm, like, mm-hmm if we can change the, the direction of force and mm-hmm. how long the moment arm is, all of that stuff, or the time and tempo of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that it is one of the best ways to just increase output mm-hmm. without increasing risk. Yeah. And I think that's what everybody wants at the end of the day is like, they how don't know I, it though. They don't know it. Yeah. They really don't. And they just think, well, I got to keep squatting and I got to do this whole squat and just keep putting weight on my back and keep going. And, and it, and again, sure you get this too, where you just get a little frustrated and you're like, I want to help everybody and I want to tell everybody and you can't, mm-hmm. um, but I, I love it. You know, working through, um, different parts of it. So if you're working with a 90 degree angle, just taking 20 degrees of it and working through smaller motions
0: mm-hmm. and
1: even working on, you know, a lot of people focus on the concentric part of it and the push, but it's just also like, are you able to control it into the position necessary at times? Or are you able to do that kind of two to two count or whatever count you have before mm-hmm. and after the, um, motion of maximum output. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I, I think it's so much that people get the standard rhythm of like, well, I increase every time and I go down a couple of reps and instead of maybe, you know, once you do go into progressive loading, kind of decompressing a little bit and seeing if you can sustain a longer isometric of time or uh, a different angle that is Okay for your body structure. So, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I could go for an hour about the different ways that I could change up a chest press to make you do something different or better. Yeah.
0: The pecs are big. They are. Don't limit it to just stimulating the bro parts.
1: Yes, the bro parts.
0: (laughs) I mean, even a bicep curl. Oh, man, I was so uh, I just recorded a podcast last night and. I came up with a new hashtag for myself when I, so i do you go to a big box gym? I do okay so hashtag clinical not creepy is the way that I stare at people at the gym
1: <laughs> i I'm, I'm writing that down yeah.
0: right now <laughs> it's, it's, it's a new hashtag um, <laughs> clinical not creepy um <laughs> because i I get. I could watch someone either make a mistake over and over again. I could watch. I can I can I can sit there and watch it and I won't say anything because it's clinical observation, you know? Mm-hmm. And um but uh I mean there's this like work in this like range that they can barely control. I was watching it this morning, literally from the chest press machine. And this guy had a bar and I'm watching him from the back. The one shoulder is hiked up and he's like, doing this, which for those of you who are not lucky enough to have just seen that, (laughs) (laughs) it looked like I was pumping up my chair up and down. Like I had the hydraulic function on my chair and I was just going up and down and my arms were happened to be moving at the same time, which is not controlled output, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you can challenge a muscle through its entire range, I find it, it's invigorating for my cur—my curiosity, my mind and my, you know, it feels good. If you, you can feel your whole entire muscle getting challenged and you're doing it safely. I just, people don't re- understand the value in that. And I, I can't uh articulate it quite that well. So I'll probably just keep talking about it until <laughs> people understand how exciting it is. Um and I don't what other besides lifting weights. How can we progressive do progressive loading in other like yoga, you know? Can we So let's say I don't do yoga either. I'm picking bad exams. Do you do yoga? Not really.
1: Okay. Um, But I kind of see where you're trying
0: to go with it. Like how can we, you know, how how is this applicable to another type of exercise? Um, It could be, you got any ideas?
1: Well, you know, it's sad because mine are a lot of cardio based because I do a lot of like swim, bike, run. And I'm trying to think on this yoga thing because... You know, my first thing is, is obviously the time factor of like, well, if you're holding a pose, your loading would be the, the time because you're going against body
0: weight.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, so working through time intervals maybe, or if you're doing like a flow yoga.
0: Yeah. I was just thinking, I've seen the, I've seen people and I've been instructed to do so by my, I, I used to use uh, kettlebells a lot. Um, they do these, like, they call them animal flows. They're, mm-hmm. kind, of, they're kind of ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, and it's like they, they go into this, like, rhythmic type of motion before they go into, like, a deeper motion. That might, yes. be, that might be a progressive load for a yoga class or even... Yeah. Cause I want
1: to say, like any class I have done in the past, like mm-hmm. the flow yoga was like for beginners, mm-hmm. like and so that was kind of even how they progressed it through was that type of um, thing. And I'm, I'm trying to think of some other good examples with you um, that aren't directly weight bearing.
0: Yeah, well, we've got we've got lots of time to we can that can be a whole nother episode honestly right
1: that
0: that's how i think fi- that's how i figure out my content when i get stuck how do i teach this to people you know and then i can explore it and then i can articulate it and so um let's wrap up this legendary first cocos podcast <laughs> co whatever and uh I think one of the biggest takeaways for a listener is that body confidence and uh, and drawing on that in your in your warm up, especially with the movement pathways, and if you're coming out of a an injured state of any kind, whether it be a nerve injury, an ankle injury, an elbow injury, that you know, that if you put in the time in the months before the event, or even if it's just going to the driving range after you've taken off three months, you know, mm-hmm. that you've done it before and you've prepared and that you are building a safety net in your nervous system, in your brain for performing, pushing yourself, taking a little risk, and you know, what this is all about, what is this exercise thing all about? We want to move well. We want our quality of life to improve, right? So mm-hmm. that you're, you're confident in your warm-up. And if it matches your intention and your historical context of your body, that you're on the right path. It doesn't have to, you know, absolutely be 110% perfect every single time. But checking in, assessing. All that stuff. We haven't even touched the assessment part of a warm-up. That's the next that'll be the next one. How you assess yourself in a warm-up. Yes. Yeah, we like that. Okay. Um <laughs> does that sound good, Drew? I've got one person listening right now, so that's that seems hey, like that seems hello. like a good subject, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How to assess yourself within the warm-up. Yeah. Yeah. So if you know, so You can actually build confidence or know when to put on the brakes, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Cool. Um, you got anything else you want to add? I I want to know what the Indiana fitness trends are.
1: Oh gosh. Like if Uh,
0: I, yeah. (laughs) Are they are they Orange Theory out there? Like what? Like Orange Theory is on every block in in Northern Virginia.
1: Okay. Well, it's actually starting here. So they just opened up tell a couple. your clients
0: if they sign up they're going to get harassed by text messages oh. and emails like imagine. oh i've had friends tell me they're like i literally had to block them oh no i mean yeah. you know what <laughs> that's exercise is business no exercise is medicine um <laughs> yeah uh, orange
1: yeah. orange theory started and i actually just picked up i i started coaching at fit body boot camp um there's yeah. A couple locals here. Mm-hmm. There's two of them. And so that's kind of been a newer trend. That's been a lot of fun. And I think boot camp ne- necessarily the correct term, but it's fun. People like it. And yeah, it's nice to be back in the coaching world of things. Like I love coaching there. So that's been yeah. one too. Uh huh. Do people,
0: do you guys have like the, we call them the, um, the, Mega reformers—it's like a Pilates full-body workout. I um, haven't heard
1: of those yet. No. Okay,
0: they're very hot over here. um <laughs> They're kind of fun. I—I I, I mean, it depends on the class and the teacher. But one, so with these mega reformers, like a, a regular Pilates reformer is uh, there's a lot of variations within the machines, and then they have these mega reformers that are heavier, and the springs are heavier. Which doesn't actually make them the exercise harder, because it, it's about it should be about control, so if the springs are lighter, the harder it is, right So you know people it's really hard for people to wrap their head around that, but um <laughs> and oh control and uh so they do these like full body workouts on these heavy reformers um, and. Down the street, they charge thirty-seven dollars a class. Wow, and it's not quality at this particular studio. I have a friend that owns this a tip this type of studio in Richmond, and I love going to hers. Um, but yeah, that's the. I mean, you, the the boutique classes in the fitness market out here, uh, DC, Arlington, Alexandria is it's exploding it already has.
1: It is. It seems like you see them popping up just everywhere you look like even the, what is it? 90 or 30 minute boxing or kickboxing stuff has been kind of booming out here. Title boxing. Yeah. Lots of that.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious. I like, I like knowing what people (laughs) are up to and what they're doing and, um, that, you know, it's, I, I, I just love that it's such a, people are more focused on taking their health into their own hands and their wellness into their own hands. And I think that the explosion of these studios and like the CrossFits and all that stuff Mm -hmm. are a sign that things are shifting that way. And that we're not just going to sit back and take a pill and expect things to be awesome or feel good. Yes.
1: I think like in my personal business, that's like the best thing I hear is like, they're like, well, I don't want to take medication or do this. I'm like, yay. Yay, that
0: is the best. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, well, it's good to talk to you and um, we'll start planning this uh, assessment idea and how to help people, whoa, here, uh, how to help people be a good captain or a navigator in their assessing right on that's good all right have a good day have a good indiana day (laughs) all right all right bye bye thank you so much for listening be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and comment like dislike just give me some feedback on facebook and instagram at impact underscore your underscore fitness